Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, Episode 47, Trail Etiquette. Content warning. <laughs> <laughs> We're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up, so if you're sensitive about these things, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Take a hike. Good morning. Is it, though? Uh, so far I, well, I woke up at three o'clock this morning and, um, uh, made a pot of coffee and now I'm totally cracked out and I'm cold and like I'm shivery and I'm also cold, but I'm hot. Uh, and I don't know what to, I don't know if I'm coming or going. So you're going through perimenopause. I get that. I'm just and a mess this morning. You are. And uh, as we were uh, winding up to record here, you were recounting the tale of having empathy sprained your ankle. And then you stubbed four of your toes. <laughs> While seated. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you had a you had a back spasm some months ago. Yes. And we were recording and you were in a great deal of pain and had seen a number of body workers and you were like, maybe you had taken a muscle relaxer or something because the spasm was so painful and I've never had a back spasm before. So I could only empathize. And uh, we got done recording and I stood up and began vacuuming my house and going about my daily chores and I developed a little ache in my left in the middle of the left side of my back, which within a couple of hours turned into a totally incapacitating muscle spasm. So, and that lasted for about a month. I went to see a chiropractor and I got some, I think I got some acupuncture done. Uh, and, um, like I, I, now I, uh, <clears throat> um, where what was where was I going with that? So you were gonna I talk. Yeah, I, I thought that I maybe um, I thought that I maybe had it was like a sympathy thing, and then you had what was the thing with your stomach? Oh, diverticulitis. Yeah, D- diverticulitis, and then my mom got diverticulitis, and a couple of weeks ago, for like an entire week, I had this mat like just intense intense stomach pain and i was thinking i must also have diverticulitis <laughs> and that went away. <laughs> that went away and now i've been working with this woman for the last month uh tiling did some demo in her building and i've been tiling uh these two bathrooms and um she crashed her bicycle on the way to work one day and as it turns out she tore her acl 
and her LCL and her meniscus, and she has to go in to get surgery. Ow. But she had been having a real ankle, a lot of ankle pain, um, which is unusual, I think, associated with an ACL tear, but I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, for about three weeks, my ankle has been, uh, it's almost felt like it's twisted. And it hurts so bad. I went skateboarding the other day and I was just kind of pushing through it. Um, and it hurts so bad. I could almost not walk. It would hurt to ride my bike. Um, and there's nothing fucking wrong with it. It's so (laughs) wild. And I promised myself, I was like last Friday, like, I'm not going to work. Uh, like the job was done. I'm not going to go into the job site and, um, I'm going to paint and I'm just going to take care of myself. And I woke up on Friday and had no pain at all. Zero pain. And I had full mobility. Like it was nothing wrong with it. And then I got a text and she said, Oh, I need you to come in for like a three hours today to help me do one last little job. And then my ankle started hurting and it's been fucked up. <laughs> it's been fucked up all weekend. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I can't, I don't understand what else this could. I don't understand what else it could be. It's a rough um, situation where you're um, both a knuckle dragging accident prone gorilla (laughs) and and psychosomatically vulnerable to uh, adopting other people's maladies. You're you're just. You're like the the fountain of hurt, and we all are just throwing pennies in all day. I know. I mean, if this is really a thing, I understand. You know, whatever psychosomatic illness or psychosomatic pain, I've generally have. I don't believe I've been prone to it, but I'm seeing now that um, uh, I have to be really fucking careful with this, or I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself sick you know what i mean um Mm. so i talked with my friend laura and she's kind of a kooky witch and she was talking about and my ex too um you know how to like protect yourself and how to isolate yourself from the maladies of others and how to you know it's weird energy stuff that i don't quite understand but I'm trying to um, try to get rid of it because it's a real drag. My mom well, even you, my mom texted me the other night. She <laughs> I hung out with her and my dad and a couple of their friends for lunch the other day. And my mom texted me and she said my ankle hurt last night. Oh no! <laughs> it's catching. Oh, uh, maybe it's like puff puff pass. You just are like I had a little ankle hurt, but why don't you have it? Yeah, I Um, wish that I could figure, I wish I could, it'd be like, you know, oh man, my muscles are so huge. Oh, no way. (laughs) No, my muscles are so huge. You know, it's something cool like that, but instead it's uh, injury. I was a little nervous because as I texted you this morning, I chopped the corner off my finger last night. Yeah, was that a dinner preparation accident? It was a dinner prep accident. I was chopping ginger. Mm. You know how fibrous ginger is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And if you put your finger under the knife, also that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
I was just <laughs> rocking along uh, and I chopped. I actually chopped down across the corner of my finger and I got a big hunk of fingernail. Uh, it was gross. Yeah. And then and then I held on to it for a while to get it to stop bleeding. And then I uncovered it so my wife could help me uh, sort of clean it and fix it. And the fingernail, that piece was still attached, but it was also twisted around. Oh, Jesus. And, and she was like, yeah she had like a moment where she was like uh uh i was like okay okay just step away so i like i like un unwound it your finger now untwisted it and sort of like patted it down and then we sprayed uh hydrogen peroxide on it and uh put the finger condom on you got no stitches though it wasn't that bad well it's just there's nothing to stitch hmm I don't know how they would stitch it. Otherwise, I, I probably would have because it was. Yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah. It's, it's good. gnarly. It's good. You know, shit like that makes you feel alive. But, but then you, I was. Af then I was afraid in getting on with you this morning that I would be like, hey, good morning. And you'd suddenly be spewing blood out of one of your fingers. <laughs> I was I don't want to hurt you. I don't want, I don't want you to hurt me either. I don't know what the deal. I don't know what the deal is. I've been hanging out with my buddy Greg. He's got six broken ribs and a broken wrist right now. Ugh. That he got uh, jumping BMX bikes. At least he did it the right way. Yeah, uh, but I'm not. I don't have any rib or, I mean, worse rib or wrist issues than I ordinarily do. Maybe so, you don't love Greg enough. I hope Greg's not listening. Or I don't. I spend a lot of time with him. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, but I'm gonna do like, uh, I'm gonna do a whole process where I, you know, hold my ankle and I talk to my spirits and my demons and I and I release oh. the pain and I'm gonna do a whole thing. Plus, like that's what I promised myself I was gonna do um, last Friday, which I didn't. Which yeah. I didn't do. So I'm going to do that today. And I'm going to finish this goddamn dog painting I've been just struggling with for two months. And I'm going to get that shipped off and uh, start a brand new dog painting. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Love it. Dog <laughs> paintings for everybody. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we get to talk about music picks and i'm fucked for that oh i was too i had to do i had to like do research while you were um uh texting at me <laughs> hey how do we do this thing that we do <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> every goddamn week is i can't remember how to do it like what do I, is it skype or is it zoom and what's the <laughs> name of the recording software this, we've yeah, been we've been at this for a while, and I just can't remember how yeah. to do it. Well, there are there are a bunch of moving pieces. People don't realize how technologically advanced and superior we are to be able to <laughs> reach them via this thing <laughs> week after week. I was yeah. Oh, I'm glad that we're still capable of doing it. I do. I do have a. I do have a pick. Um, I mean, uh, you last. Last week I did the uh, the Sonny Vincent uh, Rocket from the Crypt album, which uh, called Vintage Piss, so good. And I've been that's all I've been listening to. 
But I'm gonna go with another. Uh, I'm gonna go with another album. It's another real garagey, um, uh, garagey sounding. You know, with the jangly guitars and the songs that begin with a uh, or a yeah, and that's the Morlocks. <laughs> oh, uh, the Morlocks album is called "Easy Listening for the Underachiever." Oh, and uh, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. I don't know anything about them. I don't know where they're from. They probably all look like. Um, you know, the Stooges circa 1969 with their shaggy haircuts and their bell bottoms. Uh, yeah. But they're fucking great. So the Morlocks. Yeah. If, I might be catching garage from you because you you exhorted me via textual communication to listen to Vintage Piss. I think you were like, have you have you listened to this? You were you were sort of like, hey, your homework is late. <laughs> I haven't, I mean, we haven't like checked in on, on either of our recommendations. Have you listened to my recommendation? No. Have you listened to my recommendation? No. I think your taste of music is terrible. <laughs> all right. But, moving on. <laughs> yeah. But. I listen to Vintage Piss all weekend. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's, it's simple, um, but it, but it's just, it's just so wildly addictive. I don't know. And every time I listen to it, I hear something different and the, Lyrics are great. I don't know what is so, um, what has captured my attention so sincerely with this record, but God, I can't get enough of it. And I found a copy of it on vinyl this morning. It's getting what? shipped to me from Czechoslovakia. Of course. Or, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, Czechoslovakia. Of course, yeah. 28 bucks. Czechoslovakia is not a place anymore. The former Czech Republic? the Czech Republic. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure you're getting this record from a real place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Czechoslovakia hasn't been a place since fucking like 1991. I don't, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know like where, where that came from. <clears throat> so um, what do you got? So this week, uh, since I, I I'm going to recommend the uh, the the unwound record repetition, which is like a 90s kind of proto math rock post punk thing that is that sounds really beautiful. You know, I never I've always they've always been playing in my periphery. Yes. But I don't know. I know the name. I know. I don't even know if I could if I would know what they sounded like, they're just always like, it's never been anything that is settled. I've heard it, but I've not listened to it. They're then. really good. They're really good. Yeah. A um, lot of people I trust like them have always liked them. So yeah. What the fuck is my problem? Yeah. And that album in particular repetition, um, is it's weird and catchy and kind of heavy and angular and dissonant. And other adjectives. So you should like it. Okay. And you should too. And I should too. Yes. And we both should. Everybody should. Yes. Uh, what are we going to talk about today now that well, we are underway? We are talking about trail etiquette today. Mm. Uh, question one is, what are three basic rules of trail etiquette that everyone should know? Three. Don't skid. Don't okay. skid, give the person climbing the right away and, you know, leave no trace. Oh, yeah. That was fast. Those are my three. 
Is no don't skid and leave no trace the same rule? Well, you know, pick up fucking garbage. Don't leave garbage. Yeah. Don't like me. I don't know. I don't know. I think kind of. But, you know, whatever. Ride it. Don't slide it. Don't throw trash <laughs> everywhere. And yeah. give people climbing the right of way. Yeah. I think, yeah, what, I buy that. Are, are there more? Um, I mean, I think know where your companions are. Mm. Is a is a big one. I, you know, how many times uh, has someone behind you crashed and you just were like ripping along, humming to yourself something from the first four Metallica records because those are the only worthwhile ones. And then <laughs> <laughs> then after a while, you were like, I wonder what happened to Timmy. And you go back and Timmy's dead and it's not cool. Uh, I get well, I mean, I never I really rarely ride with people. And if I do ride with people, the two people I generally ride with are way fucking faster than me. So they're always right. the ones, you know, they're like, they're, uh, they're much better descenders than I am. And they're way off the front. And then I'm just like, I'll be there when I'm there. So I don't know. I never really thought about that, but I guess back when I used to ride with people on the regular, I would, you always meet at intersections and stuff. You never just, well, this is another part of the rule. Like if you get to the intersection, you've got to make sure the person behind you goes the right way at the intersection or everyone meets up again. I think, I think generally the rule should be know where your people are. Okay. Keep it together. Roughly. I'm not saying everyone needs to be on each other's ass. That's another one, actually. Give give the give the people in front of you and behind you room to fail. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, oh, another big one for me is the sympathy bail. Uh, and the that? sympathy bail is you come into an obstacle that's maybe over your head. Mm-hmm. You take a shot at it. You fail. Get the hell out of the way so the next person gets a clean shot at it. Don't just, like, lay there or sit there and, like, bogart it for everybody who, like, comes rolling up behind you and doesn't even get a shot at the thing. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. I, I don't know. Dudes are... Dudes' egos are so fragile. And there have been situations where... People will get fucked up in a switchback or whatever. And I'm riding, I'm on my bike, and they just stare at me. Like, well, if I couldn't make it, this guy's never going to make it. Yeah, what is that? I hate that. And then you're basically like track standing until they get their head out of their ass. And then you ride the thing, and you say hello, and they grumble. I don't know what what that is. I I I know a lot of women who are really good bike riders, and they experience that as well like like well i'm i'm sure far more than i do but it is pretty exasperating i mean we're all trying to find the the magic just get out of the way of other people's magic if you're legitimately hurt i don't expect you to move i'll roll up and help you i i love you i don't want you to hurt i'll 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 like put a cold compress on your forehead and rub your belly or whatever you need. (laughs) But if you just didn't make it, uh, get out of the way. Yeah. Someone's coming. (laughs) 
So I would say get, leave room for people to fail. Don't just be riding people's asses so they have no chance of getting out of your way. Right. Uh, and then if you don't make it, move. Right. Move. Party. The party's rolling through. Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing I would say is if you if you're the sort of person who likes to ride alone, which I fully respect, I am that person quite a lot of the time. I make this mistake quite a lot. And this is a trail etiquette thing. I want to do my own thing, but I have agreed to go along with other people. And then I'm not cool because I don't like the decisions other people make. Well, either ride your own ride or recognize that you're with a group. And it's a little bit, it can be a little bit of a a democracy. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a little bit like, you know, what I like to say to my friends, like I ride with uh, a couple people who are maybe not as good at bikes as I am just because they haven't, don't have as many hours on as I do. And they're like, oh, I appreciate you slowing down or doing whatever for me. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just hanging. We're just being together. Yeah, that's I'm not trying to be my best me right now. That's always been a big one for me. Like, I don't give a shit what cut like I don't ride with people just for the sake of riding with people. I ride with people who I like being with. And they could be better bike riders than me or they could be not better bike riders than me. But. I'm just, I'm there. If I'm riding with you, it's because I want to be with you as a person and riding bikes is totally secondary. Yeah. That's how I feel. I also can ride really slowly and have a good time. (laughs) That's, that's maybe that's one of my superpowers is that I can have a good time barely moving. Yeah. Oh, Hey, it's story time with Steve. When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a J.C. Penny Free Spirit. And in time, I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it, like a tough neck stem and CW bars, which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop, which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy. And one day he gave me a 10 inch long die cut Shimano sticker. It was blue. I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it, but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler. It was around that time that I probably became a lifelong Shimano guy. Uh, Is that two? Oh, I don't know how many that was. I just went on a little rant. I think that was too. What what do you think about if you see somebody with a maybe having a mechanical of some sort and riding by and just asking if they have everything they need? Yeah, definitely. I think, well, I mean, I, I go further than that. I'm not like trying to be the trail angel and stop and fix everyone's problem, but I'll I'll find out if they're good and, you know, if there's something I can give them to get them going again or you know, the the thing the, I think um, sometimes when you uh, like. You don't want to be condescending to someone you stop like, no, of course not. I, I'm going to find out whether they want my help. I'm not just going to rock up and start. Dispensing expertise, right, uh, if I even have it. Um, but I do think you should check in with people. The other thing that I feel kind of strongly about 
uh, you may disagree with me on this, but like I say hi to everybody. Yeah, I tend to, I tend to also, uh, at the very least, if I write, you know, to raise my hand. Yeah. You know, acknowledge acknowledge them. I'm not, I'm not looking for a friend. I'm not looking for conversation. Hey, how's it going? You know, whatever, just some acknowledgement that they are there. And I don't know why that is. I've always done that. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to do. I actually I was thinking I was riding this weekend and you and I have talked about saying hello to animals, which we both do. <laughs> Apologizing and, to plants. And, stuff. and then I started apologizing <laughs> to plants, which is something I've continued to do. And then this weekend, one of the things this is a trail etiquette issue is I think about. Like, I mean, you're always thinking about what line you're going to take. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, I also try to evaluate, am I taking a line that's going to widen or damage the trail in some way that's not awesome? Oh, that like shortcuts through around switchbacks and shit that that stuff kind of drives me nuts. Or like going around a mud patch uh, or like hiking around a down tree rather than or like riding around a down tree instead of like getting off and going over just the stuff that's like putting more path in the woods that needs to be there Mm -hmm. and i was riding this weekend and i kind of skitched off the trail like i took this little side shoot that someone had done around a thing and then i apologized to the trail (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh sorry fella i'm sure it appreciated that yeah. And I didn't uh, think about it before and it just happened. And I was like, I am really fully losing my shit. <laughs> I spend, I carry a folding saw with me, um, um, primarily during the winter. Cause there's not so much, um, downfall during the, is that the term The forest fall, whatever down trees, there's yeah. not so much of that during the summer, but during the winter and the heavy rains and stuff, there's a lot, lots of tends to be lots of trees trees and branches and things that have fallen on the trail. So in any given ride, I might get off of my bike a half a dozen times to clear a down tree or, you know, real like trail maintenance, just making it accessible for other people. And I like that. I like that. That feels good to me. I think that I'm kind of paying it forward a little bit. How do you, so how do you decide which trees to cut and which to leave? Oh, if it's because I mean, some of them a, are rideable, right? Sh- sure, yeah. If it's a real big tree, um, then I would cut it. You know, if it's like a, and it, they're not usually like laying on the ground; they're right sitting right. up a bit, and maybe you know two feet off the ground or a foot off the ground. And if it's a down tree that I can move some of, if it's gigantic, then I don't fuck with it because it's just a a little folding saw, but. Uh, yeah, if you can ride over it, then I, I tend to leave them alone mm-hmm. or maybe clear a couple branches out so you don't get all scratched up. But sure. I mean, it, it, it just depends on the situation. Uh, but to, I, I like that. I don't know if that's really a, I don't think that's really trail ed- etiquette. That's just sort of my own thing. Well, you went off on a little rant last week about giving putting as much time in or putting some percentage of the 
time you ride into trail maintenance as just like that should just be a standard. It should be. And and I'm really lucky to be in a place where there is a lot of passion in uh, trail maintenance, um, you know, and everybody realizes everybody understands that uh, we these are these are what this is what we play on. And so we got to take care of our toys. You know, mm. we got to take care of the place that allows us to to have fun in the trails on which we do that. And, um, you know, coming from the Bay Area, I think that was a point that I made <clears throat> at some at some point there was an article in a newspaper or something and it said that if everyone who rode on Mount Tam contributed one hour of trail maintenance a year there would be a surplus of like some million hours or something but it just it's not a thing that people do i i felt like there there was a real sense of entitlement uh and it might have been because there were a lot of mountain bikers who were kind of newer or people who felt like they'd paid their dues. And so they didn't need to do it. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's a different, it's a different, uh, well, what's the term I'm looking for is it's just a different vibe here than, than it was there. But I think it's, I think that's an important part of the, the bike riding process is, is kind of, whatever fucking paying some sweat equity yeah plus it's i think it's fun i mean i like digging in the dirt so whatever that's just my weirdness i guess how do you feel about um so so question two today is what are maybe some things people don't do in the woods that they should consider adding to their arsenal i think trail maintenance is probably one of them yeah um how do you feel about pirate trails Mm. If they're built well, mm. um, and they're not, you know, th- it's not cutting through a, uh, it's not cutting through a, a bunch of endangered mm. flytrap plants or something. You know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's, there was a trail called, uh, the, the paradigm trail uh, on, on Pine Mountain, or maybe it was Mount Tam. Uh, and it was a it was kind of a legendary trail and and then it got just found and ultimately destroyed and then there was the new paradigm trail and that was super fun but it was just it was a it was a well built well maintained uh bit of single track that you know it didn't get it wasn't okayed by the whatever the official land management company or something but if it's just like a muddy skid straight down a hill, you know, I don't have any use for that. I don't Mm. think in my experience, mountain bikers, if left to their own devices are not that good at making trails because they always just, it's all gravity, you know, like moto moto people, they seem to uh, be a little more um, mindful of using the contours of the hills and, uh, mindful of waterways and so forth and mountain bikers just go straight down the hill yeah out here there's uh, i think it's mostly kids with shovels after school who maybe see a rock off off trail you know some distance and they're like uh-huh. well, we got to get over there obviously 
Um, sometimes I think like, nope, don't do that. Uh, other times, like there's a little patch over by like between the high school and middle school, like a patch of woods that somehow didn't get developed. Uh-huh. And they they cut some cool stuff in there with jumps and things. I I love that sort of thing. Uh, I, th- I really. Yeah, you it, it totally depends on the environment in which this stuff is being built. Um, if it's yeah, it, 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 it that totally depends. Sometimes. I mind it. Sometimes I don't mind it. What I do mind <laughs> is when there are either illegal trails or um, uh, illicit trails and people ride that shit and Strava it. Mm. The fuck, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> that drives me. That's an etiquette. That would be an etiquette issue. That's a kind of a leave no trace thing. Like you're riding right. an illegal trail which it might not be an environmental impact thing. It might just be because it's too skinny and people don't want hikers and, and cyclists to have a conflict or whatever. Fine. Ride, ride it until your legs fall off, but don't make it public. I don't understand why that's such a complicated concept. Yeah. So that one, that one's a real uh, bugaboo of mine. Would you say don't Strava my hidey hole? Is that how you would express that? Yeah, probably. Don't, I don't, don't know. Is that, a, my, is that a sticker? Yeah, maybe. Don't straddle my hidey hole. It sounds. It sounds perverted and dirty. Mm. Got my hidey hole stravid. <laughs> yeah. There's a new KOM of my hidey hole. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So we got. I mean, it's that's just, that's just, everything that we've covered. Just seems like real common sense. Here's one for you. Um, I, I like graffiti and I don't, it doesn't bother me to find graffiti on bridges, overpasses. There's a lot of places I love to see graffiti, but what I, what I don't like is to see graffiti on trees. Yeah. And I'm. And on a lot of rocks, like I was on, I was doing, I was out in the woods with some friends on Friday and we got to this giant rock, giant rock. It's like we have in New England, they're called glacial erratics. Uh, Yeah, they're just, they're like, they're like monsters, monster rocks. Yeah, they're like monster boulders that are just by themselves. Yeah. Like they just got there randomly. Yeah. An amazing rock. And it's cool. It's spray painted to hell and back. And it's in the middle of this beautiful patch of woods. Now, I love graffiti, but I'm like, no. Yeah. Don't what's do the that. Fucking, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Graffiti yeah. doesn't even look good on them. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand, like, people who go to the woods and smoke cigarettes and drop their butts on the ground. Or, like, you know, four yeah. corners. There's the dunes in southwest Colorado. And you go there and there's cigarettes on the ground. Like... Yeah. Fucking a! This is beautiful. What a gig- What a badass, gigantic ashtray. <laughs> what yeah. is? I don't understand. You're going. You've made an effort to go to this beautiful place because it's a beautiful place, and then you disrespect the shit out of it. Yeah. That 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 makes me weep for humanity. Uh, yeah. So I'm constant. Like like you said. I don't know. In a past episode, you said that I always try to. I'm always picking up garbage. Yes. And I'm riding. There was one time I found a gallon 
jug, like a milk, a water jug. And it had blown down into this creek. So I put my bike against the, uh, against a tree and I kind of hiked down this into this little ravine and grabbed this water jug. And then as I was riding, I was picking up other people's bags of dog shit. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to in an hour and a half ride, I think I was just filling this jug. The jug was in my bag and I cut the top off and I picked up other people's bags of dog shit. I picked in an hour and a half. I picked up 25 bags of dog shit and everybody yeah. says, oh, well, you know, they probably just left it and they're going to pick it up on the way back. That's no. not the case. That's no. not the case. You're being devil's advocate with that. And, and that's great. And I'm sure sometimes people do that. But well, in this instance, that would just, you know, like that. I was so incensed by the time I got done with my ride. I just had to, I had to fucking put myself down for a nap. <laughs> I, I take my dog to the woods and on the rare instance that like he craps at the beginning and I don't want to carry it for an hour or whatever, I hide it. Cause I don't think someone should come and see it and even think about it. I hide it and then I get it on the way out. Right. That's thoughtful. I think so because I don't want to see any bags of dog shit when I'm in the woods. Right. That's I not don't care why whether it's not why yeah, I came here, whether you're being conscientious and going to pick it up later or not. doesn't matter to me. I, I shouldn't have to see it at all. Like we should all just be doing that. That doesn't make any sense to me. And people always say like, oh, well, it'll just you just leave it. I mean, I'd rather be bagged and left. So at least then I can deal with it than left so that I don't see it. And I step in it or I ride through it. And people say, oh, well, dog shit, uh, you know, it, it, it biodegrades, which absolutely isn't the case. It's mm. they eat processed food and they have ringworm and all kinds of other sh- nasty shit that is in their feces that then can pollute you know, waterways, it can infect, uh, native animals. Like it's just, it's not good. Dog shit is no better than people's shit. You just, you got to get rid of it, you know, yeah. or you're going to carry a little shovel with you. Your dog takes a shit and you dig a hole and you bury it. Like, but people are fucking filthy and they, <laughs> <laughs> they have no consideration. And that stuff, that stuff makes me, it just makes me so sad that people are that, uh, self-involved, I guess. I don't know. So whatever. Question 2A. If you're in the woods with your dog and you procure through this process a bag of dump. And then you see a friend drive by in their car. Is it OK to throw the bag of dump at the <laughs> windshield of your friend's car? No. Asking for a friend. <laughs> no, it's not OK. No. You'd be bummed. All right. Oh, just maybe I'm just kind of a poo phobe. I don't know. That's, a, that's I, well, just, I bet that falls I, into the leave no trace. I agree rule. with that. I bag Django's feces all the time. I've told you this before. Like uh, I see because all the kids in our neighborhood walk to school and sometimes I'm walking the dog and I have a bag of dump and I'll see like one of my friend's kids on the way to school. And I'll say, Hey, do you, do you need a bag of dump for school? And the kids, the kids are always, you know, they're like nine or like whatever. And they're like, um, and part of them is like, Mr. Lewis is saying I should take this bag of dump, but I know it's wrong, but I also don't want to be just that. that, (laughs) A grown up is offering me something and it would be rude not to take it. That's right. But I also don't want to take it because it's uh, a bag of dump. Because it's a bag of dump. Very yeah. confusing. 
Yes. Uh, I, I yeah, get so, I mean, all of this stuff, me. all of this stuff seems really commonsensical to me. You know, well, uh, it's uh, it, as far as like uh, whatever nature advocacy, leave no trace. Easy peasy. Don't fucking graffiti. Don't leave trash. Don't leave your dog shit all over the place. Uh, don't stack trail. rocks. Huh? Don't stack rocks. <laughs> don't stack rocks unless it's a, like an actual trail marker. But, you know, you know, you're not Andrew Goldsworthy making environmental art by making little rock stacks. I'll kick the shit out of those, especially don't do it in creeks. <laughs> Whatever. Leave no trace. Uh, it, it could be argued that, uh, OK, well, you're riding on trails that shouldn't be there anyway, that aren't there ordinarily. And so then I you know, that's a totally different conversation. But the trails are going to be gone eventually, you know, like I guess we're all going to be gone eventually <laughs> and uh, none of it will matter. Um, oh, but death comes as, for us all. This is where all our podcasts end up. <laughs> <laughs> as far as writing goes, that's uh, it's just it's just Imba. I mean, uh, Imba rules. You know, like the right give the person climbing the right away, uh, and whatever else. Don't skid. I don't know. It's really simple shit, but it certainly seems like nobody can wrap their mind around it. I think. I think. If we could just pivot from, you know, feeling like these are my trails to thinking like, I'm really lucky to get to ride these and then just be cool, man. Just be cool, man. Just be cool, man. It's easy peasy. Okay. So everybody, all 10 people who are listening to this, just be cool, man. Yeah, just be cool. And then, I mean, we're, I guess we covered pretty much everything that we got to cover. We did music. We did question one and two. And there's a would you rather here. And I think, you know. You, I think you'd know uh, my my answer to this, but where did this come from? Did you come up with this? Did I come up with this? I did. I, re- I did this one because okay. and it was I wrote this specifically for you. And I'm trying, <laughs> as always, I'm trying to get the balance right to make it a difficult decision. It's not. <laughs> so the question is what? Uh, would you rather have 10 dogs and cats? Oh, 10 dogs and 10 cats. So that's 20 animals altogether. Yes. Or one kid. That's right. What well, I'd go with the dogs and cats in a heartbeat. I and know I, I that you even, would. And it sort of bums me out because I think actually you would be a good dad. And that's fuck, uh, that's like a that. nonsensical thing to say. And I know yeah, you every, don't. Everybody says that to their friends. You know, you would be a great parent. I'm like, fuck, you, that's just because you like me. I'd be a terrible parent. Maybe I'd be a great dad. I don't know. I don't give a shit about kids. I don't like, you know, people be like, oh, you know, you can make, you could, you could make, you could teach them how to make art. And it's like, kids art is just terrible. Oh, they could be, you could go skateboarding with them. No, fuck. I don't, I don't care. It just doesn't, um, it That's the new revolting tagline. Revolt, revolting. We don't like kids. <laughs> it we just don't give, no, I'm sorry. We don't give a shit about kids. <laughs> it doesn't interest me. Like kids don't interest me. They've never interested me. When I was, I remember vividly, and this was, I was probably, God, six. I mean, I was basically a baby myself, and I was at <sighs> Cliff and Francie Kierkegaard's house. In Evergreen, Colorado, it was after church and somebody had a newborn and they were passing it around and ooing and awing. And somebody was like, Steve, you want to hold it? And I was like, I remember like, yay. Oh, so cute. And inside I was like, get this fucking thing away from me. (laughs) I don't like children. But I mean, you know, 
whatever. There have been children in my life who I enjoy, but as a human animal, I've never felt inclined to procreate mm. because that's not anything I can take back. Like maybe it would be life changing. And everybody says, I didn't want kids until I did. And then it was, it was the best decision I ever made though. I know somebody and he said, I would do any, I would die for my sons. But if I could do it over again, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had him. That's he loves his kids till the end of time. But if he could jump in a time machine, he wouldn't do it again. Interesting. I don't want to be that guy. I hate mm. regrets, but I don't want to regret not having a kid. But then again, like the the carbon footprint that I have offset by not having a kid, I could just live the rest of my life throwing trash everywhere and it's not going <laughs> to put a dent in what would occur if I had a kid. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I buy the argument that it's environmentally irresponsible to procreate. There are too many humans. There are way too many humans. So, I mean, I appreciate that you didn't have kids. I, I do think you would be a good dad, but I say that in the freedom of knowing you're not having any kids. It's a freebie. So. It's a free yeah. swing. I have kids. I didn't think I was going to have them until I thought that I would and should. And it's uh, I love them. I would do it again. It's super hard. Like when I see pregnant women now, I think, oh, no. What did you do? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. Ah, oh, because I know they've got like five years minimum of wow, hard work. Yeah, hard work. I got crapped on and barfed on so many times between 2005 and 2008. And it, you know, that is a good process. I think it was good to be forcibly removed from the center of my life yeah. because I was, I was a self-centered prick and some would argue still am, but it was even worse. Um, and my kids are hilarious. Your kids are great. I mean, yeah. that, and that's what I'm saying. Like I, there are kids in my life and kids yeah, yeah. who I've met, who I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy, but you know, I don't know if I've said this on, on the podcast before. I know I've said it in conversation. Like I love, I love my children, my kids enough not to give them a chance, <laughs> like not to put them into this, you know, mm. like some, and that I feel like that could be there. There's going to be all manner of, of responses to that perspective. Like anybody who has their kid loves them less because they brought them into this life. And I'm not saying that I just love <laughs> my kids yeah. enough not to have made them, you know, we like, all have our love languages. Yours is um, <laughs> yours is birth control. I mean, it kind of it like it hurts. It, it hurts my heart because I know I would have. I don't know what could have been, you know, like I'll never know what could have been, but also, um, you know, my, my, my marriage, like what, how it would have, it have, how would it have affected positively or negatively my marriage and my relationship with my ex? And, uh, I mean, it's really, it's really intense. I, it's a, it's a, 
conversation that I don't think there is really, I'll ever have a, a full conclusion to. And it's, it's sad. Um, and it's maybe not sad. I don't fucking well, know. This man. is a, would you rather, um, I feel Dogs badly and- that there's not a, flat a, f- a fart component now because i didn't mean to make you sad <laughs> no I, it's not this doesn't make me sad it's just that the it's it's my it's my it's that part of my existence mm-hmm. that will always be maybe an unfinished uh sentence to me and you know that's fine whatever we don't have everything doesn't get wrapped up neatly yeah um, that's right uh and you know that's that's the choice that I made. And, uh, and I mean, there's always going to be regret. You have kids, there's going to be layers of regret. You don't have kids. There's going to be layers of regret, but I would love to see what my parents would be like with a grandkid. I, you know, and fuck my, the ship's probably pretty well sailed for me. So it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Right. So dogs and cats all day long. Let's contemplate you in your current living situation with 10 dogs and 10 cats. I like that. Mm. The whole living room is a litter box, probably. Probably. That's a lot of hair. Yeah. Um, Between the 21 of you? Yeah. Or one kid in this situation. Oh, God. Just makes my stomach hurt. (laughs) So in this situation, with my income... uh, uh, I don't know. See, this one doesn't really work for you because you already have two kids and you have a dog. And so whatever. It's all you like got it. You you don't even. Well, no. It, like, so I'm you, 50. I'm would you rather 50. have another kid? Exactly. If the question was, <laughs> would you rather have 10 dogs and 10 cats or one more kid? And curveball, surprise twist in the plot. Uh, I'd go with the dogs and cats, too. <laughs> uh God, animal control would be here in a heartbeat. Like it would be like that would be like a hoarding situation. And then I'd go to court because I wasn't at taking adequate care of them. Mm. Uh, but, you know, child protective services might show up at my door if I had a kid, too. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Why is your kid not? Why is your kid 16 years old and has never gone to school and still wears potato sacks and, <laughs> and cracker boxes for shoes? Well, because I had to buy a new remote control truck. That's why. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you also about the, this is semi-related to this question. I wanted to talk to you about the remote control truck hobby because it falls, and this is related to would you have kids or not, because your hobby is a prime <laughs> example of what I call dadsturbation. <laughs> uh, everything I do is would be fun for kids. Everything I do is fun for kids. I love, I love riding bikes. Kids love riding bikes, making art, being creative. Kids love doing that shit, riding skateboards. Kids love skateboards, you know, but with my luck, my kid would be like, I'm really into the Republican party and religion and, uh, (laughs) not, thinking outside of the box and all I want to do, you know, like your kid is sometimes turns into the the, sort of the antithesis. um, Yeah. Yeah. Sort of the antithesis of, of yourself. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but remote control trucks, it's the dumbest thing. 
Because now I basically can't make fun of anybody for anything. (laughs) But they're so... I don't know what it is. Like, at some point I was looking for rock crawling videos, like five years ago. Like, actual full-size rock crawling videos. Yeah. And I see these little little thumbnails on YouTube, and I I click on one, and it's a remote control truck. And I was like, oh my god, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe anybody is videotaping this and then like went so far as to put it on their YouTube channel. And here I am five years later and I videotape my truck and put it on my Uh, Vimeo, whatever. It's fun. It's, it's really neat though, because it, it's just like, it captures this little spark that I thought was lost from when I was small playing with my toys. And it's just me dicking around in the woods pretending. Yeah. That is dadsturbation. It's the thing that the dad does to escape, and it's the dumbest thing. (laughs) It's what's dad doing? Mm. (laughs) Dad's per dating. Dad's per dating. Dadsturbating. Dad's per dating. I never told you this, but it probably like at the beginning of the summer, I was in the woods with a friend, and we ran across two middle-aged guys. Uh, with remote control trucks <laughs> and we get to them and they're like oh oh sorry because they're like you know they think like oh we're hogging the trail like, these people like they just had like an inborn shame about what they were doing <laughs> and i was like oh no no it's cool it's a cool it's a cool thing and they're like well i don't know about that but we love to do it and i was like i was like all right well let me take a video of your truck and then i'm gonna pan up to you and when i get to your face i want you to say fuck you steve <laughs> And they were like, no, we're not doing that. You can video the trucks, but we're not. <laughs> they were like, who's Steve? And I was like, oh, he's a good friend of mine. He's going to love it. And they were like, no. So I never pulled that off. I do have videos of their truck somewhere. And I was going to send that to you, but I was like, no, this just doesn't work. Oh, God, it's it's uh, it's hilarious. I You know, there was a time there's a park in uh, Santa Cruz called De La Viega that I used to really, really like riding in. And there was one day that I was riding and there was a couple and they had their little kid. It's maybe five or six years old walking with them. And this little kid had a toy truck on a string and it, it was t- he was pulling the truck behind him. And I was just like, my heart just exploded. It was the sweetest. It was the sweetest thing and so relatable. And this kid was just like, I could uh, just imagine like, this kid is just delirious, you know, like. <laughs> It was the cutest, fucking most innocent expression I, I could. And I wish, you know, I almost wanted to say something to the parents. And, and you know, we talked in uh, the, the newest episode that whatever that was published today, 42, about, um, you know, the effects of something that that would be it totally unremarkable to the people involved, but makes such a huge impression on someone else. And you never know yeah. what those things are. Um, that little kid pulling a toy truck was, that was just like, oh, that's like every, that, that the like degree of, of happiness yeah. and contentment. That's all I want for me and any everybody, you know, right. It doesn't take anything. You don't need all the trappings. You don't need all of the stuff and the accessories and the shit. You just, you just, just that, that was perfection. Um, and that's kind of like, I feel like trucks are so silly. The remote control trucks are so silly, but 
Um, I sure do love them. And I was talking, you know, it was interesting. This, I really like this, this story that I'm about to tell, but I was talking shit about myself on my site or probably on Instagram or somewhere like, yep, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a grown ass man driving a toy truck, blah, 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 blah. And this guy named Sean reached out to me and he's like, why are you, why are you doing that? Like, why are you talking shit? And I'm like, well, it's just what I do. And he's like, but it doesn't, it doesn't do any good. Like, what's the fucking point? And he's really like kind of harping on me. Like he's not just letting it go. And he's engaged, like forcing me to engage with him on why I was giving myself grief about playing with remote control trucks. And he said, He said, you know, not everything you love has to come with a side of suffering. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, dude, you just, you just blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, it was, what a beautiful expression, you know? No, it does. It doesn't. Why should I, why should I wear this fucking hair shirt? So, but also, you know, it shouldn't be related to, why can't I just love this thing and be yeah. proud of loving it? And like bikes are so fucking cool, you know, like bikes are ridiculous. Skateboards are ridiculous, you know, but I mean, it's all great. It's all great. But but it's like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, somebody's going to like my bike riding friends who don't understand why, what the fascination is with a remote control truck will give me shit about, you know, might bust my balls about playing with trucks and like, what, what you ride like we ride bikes bikes are just different kinds of toys you know but yeah. because bicycling or cycling or whatever it's like you, you gotta take that seriously but right. playing with trucks in the woods is, is somehow different i don't know i i just really appreciated that guy's perspective and it was a game changer for me to be nicer to myself about the things that i love and also simultaneously maybe not take and take myself so seriously. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between uh, sort of self-effacing and self-deprecating. Like there's a there's at some point it turns from like humility into shame. Well, it was old habits. It's me talking shit about myself so that it it takes the power out of somebody else doing it. And that was my whole problem. That was my problem from the fucking jump. You know, because mm. I would like. I had learning disabilities and so I would, I would break myself down before anybody else had a chance to like, you think, you think you can fuck with me? Nobody hates me as much as I do. Right. Um, and it went from a defense mechanism to a way of existing and a really destructive one. Yeah. And you know, it could be argued that my current existence is a byproduct of some of that. I mean, we all are where we are because of where we've been. That doesn't mean, uh, I mean, none of that is terminal. Yeah. I mean, when you and I sell the remote control truck show, to NBC as a <laughs> weekly Friday night banger. It's we just going to be a half hour of little um, accessories flying out of the back. Dude, 
We don't a know enough about it. There's like there's these dorks who have like it's like the scale builders guild. And oh yeah. my god, these guys know everything and they have 3D printers and they I mean it's just it's so out of control how down the rabbit hole some of these cats go with this stuff. And I love that they do, you know. People are like, oh, you could build it. You could scratch build a truck. I'm like, I, I can't. <laughs> I, can, I can't. I can't. I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin because I would want it to be super fucking cool. And I know my shit would be janky and crooked. <laughs> and that's not self-deprecating. That's just because I don't have the attention to detail that, that you have to have to do this stuff or the knowledge well, or the tools or any of it. I mean, if it was a painting, your attention to detail is... Uh... Right. I think what you're saying is I get this because people say, oh, well, you do you write all the time. You should do videos. Well, videos and writing are in t- <laughs> that's like, oh, you should jump rope and pole vault. Yeah. Like what? Those are two different things. You like cooking. Oh, you should work on cars more. But it's, yeah. OK. No, I mean, I use my hands in both, but that's about where the association would end. Yes. <laughs> Uh, did we? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's we good. Did. We, we, we went from like the most boring episode ever to something that was actually pretty good. I think. When was it boring? Oh, I, had to, it. I was all, in it the whole it. time. You, I could tell from the beginning you were like trail etiquette. This is, <laughs> here's the three rules. Finish the podcast. I'm going to drink some coffee. Leave me alone. That's where I don't you need were. Any, I don't need any more coffee. Did I mention that I'm like, I'm all totally gacked out you on did. coffee right now? Oh, I'm having a really hard time sitting still. I was also awake at 3 a.m. because this stupid finger. Mm. It's amazing the number of times you jam your, like when you're sleeping, you just jam your (laughs) hand into stuff. So I kept like waking up like, and then I was trying to like mind, mind over pain. I was like, just go back to sleep. It doesn't hurt. Hurt is what does hurt even mean? That Um, is just your perception. Your brain is telling you a thing. And how can you? You know, David Copperfield. No, 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 no. Not David Copperfield. Who's the other? Uh, David Blaine. Yes. Like that guy, he can like t- turn stuff, turn parts of his brain off that, you know, I wish that I had access to. I got up this morning and then I jammed the end of this finger that I cut off into the side of the toaster oven. Nice. And I danced around in the kitchen. That's doing your chest, profanity for a while. That, that's your chest poking finger too. Like I know. What is your major malfunction, punk? I know. You got to go your, ride mountain bikes this weekend, and I just—that's not going to work. You're going to have to learn a new way of breaking. I'm going to have to do middle finger breaking, or middle I just won't breaking. use the. I'll just only use the front break. What could what could go wrong? Uh, I have done both. Where I like at the top of a big descent, I'll lose the rear brake or the front brake. Uh, both. I mean, not at the same time, but I lost the rear brake on one descent and I lost the front brake on another descent. And it's manageable, you know? I think I would prefer to have a front brake than a rear brake, but maybe. The, I mean, they both deserve very distinct and important purposes. I wouldn't recommend going with, no. but whatever. You're going to have a great time. I'm going to have a great time. <laughs> um, Hey, uh, thanks for listening to Revolting. If you have questions for us or topics you'd like for us to pontificate on, you can email me. That's uh, steel at cyclingindependent.com or robot at cyclingindependent.com. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the Cycling Independent website, please share it with a friend. 
because uh, it's the only way we have to keep this party going. So yes, send it to your friends. Uh, leave comments. Leave comments uh, and say how handsome Steve will looks on the podcast, so I that other like, people. I do like the comments. That's really yeah. fun because it, it it makes me you know, it's it's like having a kind. It's other people engaging in the conversation, and and I like that a lot. Yeah. So yeah, leave leave comments. Um. Okay. Whatever. Uh, you know, on behalf of the Cycling Independent, I am Steve. Don't forget to cycle.